1: Hard working people, working hard for you and me Moving higher, time and time again Through the years you'll find us here
0: Moving higher Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast, Marcus Chipnunger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, Tractor Zoom delivering insights. If you're looking for a great place to see what's going on in the auction marketplace, use Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps—five hundred individual auction houses that report daily as to what's going on out there—and you can start to see trend lines develop. If you're interested in using that product, use Moving Iron at checkout and get yourself a discount. Also, Arrow CRM—if you're looking for a great tool to help your salespeople sell more stuff, check out Arrow at heyarrow.com chip is with blue roof agri-marketing out of morton illinois and chip's nice enough to come on a couple times a week to talk about what's been going on last couple weeks chip and i have been playing uh schedule tag here we've been uh back and forth both of us being pretty busy with all the stuff going on and chip man take a look at the outside markets right now they're getting beat up because it looks like one of uh china's real estate companies might have actually not been a real thing at all so how you been bud yeah doing well casey it's uh Interesting morning to talk here
1: after a couple week uh, break of uh, you know a lot of travel and each of our schedules kind of not coinciding here, but uh, probably a good way to kick back off. We got harvest kind of picking up steam and the markets trying to figure out uh, are the yields as good as what the USDA has projected and there's a high amount of variability and that's what's kind of maybe getting some people thinking maybe that these yields are going to be a little bit disappointing. We had a a really hot dry end to the growing season in, in a lot of areas, uh, even here in the Eastern corn belt. And, uh, so some, some disappointment with some of these early corn yields, and that had, you know, a little bit of a, of a bounce built into the markets in here. And then the outside markets, as you mentioned, uh, kind of, kind of more in the driver's seat, uh, late last week. And then today, this morning, there's, uh, as you mentioned, a big, uh, uh, commercial and residential real estate company in China that announced uh, a week ago they've, they've got some financial problems. they're not going to be able to meet their bond payment, which I believe was scheduled for today. and they uh, officially missed that. So that in, in my uh, econ 101 world, that's called a default. Yep. And it really has the, the Asian markets and Chinese markets uh, really getting beat up three to four percent losses here. It's spilled over right now. The, uh, uh, the Dow Jones uh, futures are down 622 points. Uh, crude oil's down 180. So it's spilled over in just a kind of a general commodity contagion. The dollar's up a couple hundred points. And uh, that's all the excuse they need in the commodity world to sell this thing in the overnight. So they kind of beat things up again. You know, Corn's down a dime, 10.5 on the lows right now. Beans are down 13. Wheat's down eight, all the soft commodities, coffee, sugar, cocoa, getting beat up uh, on the lows right now. And so uh, that's what we're waking up to here uh, to start the week off. And and I'm sure that will be some influence here. Um, It's the 20th of September on the 30th. So uh, next week, late next week, we've got the quarterly stocks report. That's uh, going to be a potential market mover. That's going to give us the final old crop 2020 carryout figures, and so that's very a very tough uh, report to try to predict or project. There's a lot of volatility uh, in those uh, quarterly stocks reports, and and so that's going to be something along with harvest that's eventually going to kind of stabilize this market and let people uh, you know realize that. Hey, even with big yields, we've got tight, tight stocks. But right now, the outside markets are are for sure overshadowing it. And you know, I wouldn't say it's a crash, um, but it's certainly a little bit of a panicky feeling. And uh, certainly one of the biggest uh, corrections in the stock market that we've seen really for uh, for quite a while. It's not necessarily unhealthy in a lot of ways, but uh, you know we're at uh, lows we haven't seen since july um you know we've been kind of making new all-time highs it seems like on a weekly basis in the stock market so put a little bit of a correction in here we'll see how uh, how far that takes us and right now it's uh, all eyes on the outside markets and unfortunately it's uh, we're highly correlated right now until something <clears throat> something whether that's the september stocks report or then the october crop report coming out here Uh, in a few weeks on the 12th of October will give us uh, an even better feel for what yields are. So we may be a little bit
0: sloppy and volatile until we get some of these reports out of the way. So with the USDA um, coming out with what they had um, last month there, earlier this month, I'm sorry, with uh, with the report that came out in the September report, what that looked like um, all the, all the, you know, the whole, all the traders and in in trying to say here speak clearly the
1: case all right start over here
0: all right so with the the report earlier this month that came out the trade is actually kind of putting all their eggs in the, in in the one basket that basically everything east of the mississippi is going to save save the universe here when it comes to corn and beans i guess as you take a look at what's going on right now with some spotty reports that i've gotten from from friends of mine that i've talked to um out there, you know, they've either got it really, really good or they're kind of so so. I mean, it's not like it's dismal by any means, but I've talked with several guys in Illinois where it's very spotty um as far as what that the 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 big numbers kind of look like. I guess. So I guess as you take a look at what's going on out there, Chip, what's your feel right now for um kind of the eggs in all one in one basket approach to to the trade here?
1: Yeah, that's probably a good way of putting it. It's, um and I think that. The key is going to come down to uh, kernel size and test weight, as, as a lot of times it always does. In right. the September crop report, they just use kind of historical <clears throat> average uh, ear weights and, and soybean pod weights. And then on the October report, they actually um, you know physically weigh them. And, and so it's a much more accurate reflection. Here in the Eastern Corn Belt, um, it is highly variable. There are pockets... That it's best ever. Um, you know, producers uh, 250, 260, 280 type field averages. But then there's also uh, areas uh, we had a lot of disease, a lot of black tar spot. We had a lot of wind issues, uh, way more wind uh, down corn than we've had uh, maybe in 10 years. Um, and it was really a, a, a rapid maturity, right? We had a lot of sun, low relative humidity. And we went through stretches here. Even even this past weekend was pretty high. You know, we've had a lot of days, uh, well over ninety in, in August, and to start September off here, and it's really uh, maturing the crop rapidly. And and I I think at the expense of some test weight, and, and I think a lot of producers as they get into it, it's not a disaster. So you got to it's 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 hard to gauge this, right? So people saying, yeah, it's it's okay. It's two twenty. 220. It's two twenty five. It's It's maybe not even as good as a year ago, which is still good corn, but the expectations were as early as we got planted and we had, you know, decent, timely rain that people would be out here, uh, you know, 260 to 280 averages. And it's just not, it's not that there is some of that out there, but it's, it's highly variable. And in any year, when you have that variability, just, you know, if you listen to this and you're a farmer, you know, exactly what. Uh, how this can be? You you start down a pass in the combine, it's going really well. Uh, you know, yield monitors pegged. It's great corn. You hit a little stretch where that falls off a hundred bushels, and your your final average drops so quickly. You know, pulls it down so quickly. And uh, and I think that's what we're seeing here. With it's not, we're not able to just peg it to one issue. There's a lot of things out there: disease, um, uh, you know, wind uh, uh, producers really. Uh, fought uh, we fought the wind we got timely rains but with those rains this year we had a lot more wind you guys out there are used to it you're like yeah what's well, a little uh, you know <laughs> rain uh, hail and wind come right. with every rain you get you know that's not <laughs> the way it is here east of the mississippi but this year uh, there was a lot of that a lot of hail a lot of rain and and it uh it definitely is uh, affecting yields here um so I, you know to your point i think that's what the market's trying to figure out you know what and, and as tight as the carryout is just a couple, you know, two, three bushel swing one way or the other in corn and, and a bushel in beans uh, really is a difference maker as far as what the eventual carryout is here. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of the stage we're in uh, is trying to get this market to figure out, all right, where are we at? What's the yield? Is the USDA close or the, do they have to ratchet that down a little bit? And, you know, again, we got, a couple big reports uh, on the thirtieth of that quarterly stocks, so that'll tell us the the final old crop carryout, which is you could probably argue could be a little bit friendly. There were you know right ahead of harvest in the days uh, and a couple weeks ahead of harvest starting here, there were ethanol plants that were bidding you know from a dollar ten to a dollar seventy over for old crop corn. So it it literally kind of felt like we were out of corn almost. You know all the elevators are. You know, there's no, there's no bushels around. All the bins are empty. Elevators are ready to go. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what that final carryout is for 2020. And then on October 12th, we kind of dial in that yield just a little bit more. And And so the next, uh, what, three or four weeks here, we're going to get a lot more information along with some additional harvest uh, information. And, you know, that, that'll go a long way towards A, Kind of saying, all right. How low do we have to go for a potential harvest low? And B, uh, how high are we going to go on our normal post-harvest bounce? And you know, in the short run, as you mentioned, and we talked about, the outside markets are going to, you know, kind of uh, kind of dictate things here in the short run while the market's trying to feel feel out what what's the final yield, and 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 then you've got demand issues. As well, you know how much is China going to take? There was a news story out this morning or overnight that uh you know uh, in the month of uh, August, China took way more Brazilian beans than they did a year ago and way less u s beans uh, That doesn't necessarily have to mean that uh, that's the trend, but uh you know the market's a little bit nervous about chinese demand, obviously with covid there and and these financial issues they're having and so there's a lot of turmoil right now and and uh, that leads to choppy volatile markets like we've seen you know last week we started off with a tremendous rally in in corn and wheat and uh you know market bounce 30 plus cents off the lows in, in corn and then you know outside market volatility hits and the dollar rallies and you know we give up a lot of those gains by the end of the week so this volatility is going to continue, I think, in the in the short run. Yep.
0: Let's talk about cattle and hogs here for just a little bit, and what you see happening there. Um, cattle and hogs both have, have had their their turmoil here of late, but they're very uh, very choppy in, in both directions. So, I guess talk about what you see happening in both those both those sectors.
1: Yeah, really. <clears throat> we've talked about this before. It's really kind of the exact opposite. Uh, in In the case of you know comparing cattle to to hogs and in, in the case of cattle um you know it's pretty well publicized and well known uh drought that the that the western uh you know northern plains and and far west uh, ha- has seen you know some of the worst uh, pasture conditions that we've uh, seen uh, ever maybe or at least uh, for a long long time a lot of uh, heifer and cow liquidation and with that you would logically expect out in front of us that uh, the numbers are going to shrink and that's going to be friendly but the market kind of has that built in right that i think some of those uh, additional um you know amounts of 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 cow slaughter that we've seen has kind of held back the cash market a little bit so you got the front end of the market here struggling to kind of be in the 122 123 range in the october live cattle and um you, you know That's where the cash is, but the deferreds, you know, you look out there in February, April are up in the, you know, over one thirty into the mid one thirty. So they're, they're kind of forecasting a a better moves out there. So it's going to be hard. Not that we can't see that, but it's, they've already got it somewhat priced in exact opposite in hogs. You've got, um, you know, the lean index here, uh, just in the last week or so, you know, kind of broke back under a hundred. And you've had the October uh, lean hogs at a uh, you know a 16 to 18 dollar discount to the lean index and you finally started to see um, you know the October and even December hogs bounce a little bit because they're so far under they're pricing in bearishness out there into the third and fourth quarters which is normally what we typically see bigger numbers out there in the hog market so you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because uh, on the one hand, on the cattle side, you know, the market expects uh, bullish things out, way out ahead of us in into, the into winter and spring, and they're pricing that in. And now we're going to have to see that materialize to hold those, those big numbers out there. And it's the opposite in hogs. They almost priced in possibly too much bearishness. And if we can see these, uh, you know, the lean index and the cash market stabilize a little bit then the deferred uh, lean lean hog futures are way too low and they'll come snapping back. So, very interesting dynamics in the in the livestock markets and and uh you know again, the outside markets um are going to influence us today for sure. I I wouldn't think it's going to do uh the cattle market any any favors here with what's happening in the outside markets and the and the commodity world in general, but um you know, bigger picture, we we should be seasonally at a time frame where you get into you know the the tail end of the year here and into winter that uh, better things start happening, and you can kind of argue that maybe the numbers start shrinking a little bit. and We start getting a little more bullish out there, but uh, it, it's somewhat priced in because we're eight nine dollars uh, ahead of where the cash and in October live cattle futures contract is currently
0: sitting so interesting dynamics there yeah absolutely well a lot of stuff going on here chip there's a million moving parts and a lot of news to pay attention to and all that affects your plan so if folks are working on a plan or just starting to uh, go down the path of building that plan for what's coming up here in the next year next year's marketing plan uh what's the best way to get a hold of you and, and the guys over there at, at blue roof yeah best way is just call our office
1: It's 309-550-7213. <clears throat> and that's a great point, uh, Casey. We didn't even talk about that. We could do a whole a whole podcast on that. This input thing yeah. for 2022 is just going haywire. Totally. Um, and, and so you you it's more important than ever to have that plan out there. Five dollar December 22 corn futures looks good on paper, but boy, you, if you've done much uh, investigating or pricing actual inputs, nitrogen fertilizer for next year, it's it's haywire, and uh,
0: it's definitely going to affect things. And the scary thing about that chip right now, I mean, it, it's crazy now. I can't imagine when it's going to be like come, you know, December, January, February timeframe. It, it just these these shortages and these uh, logistical challenges that we're having right now are just are just pounding everything that we have here in the United States as far as supply chain goes. Yeah, there's no question, and and, and it's.
1: Uh, I read a story here recently that uh, a couple smart people saying that's probably 12 to 18 months at a minimum before that kind of gets back to normal, whatever normal is again. And so it's not going to be a two week fix. You know, I read recently, there's 60 some container ships waiting to unload uh, at the port
0: in uh, Los Angeles. So we got, we got some, some big issues out there. Yeah. We have some very big issues that we need to overcome. And uh, it's just about the time you think we saw that crazy thing about this, you know, like in. During, during the shutdown, ag had a really good run. You know, we had we had a lot of good things happening. It feels like now we're kind of getting that backlash um, that a lot of other industries felt during the during the shutdown. So it's a it's a tough place to be right now, especially and like you said, it's twelve to eighteen months out, and you just got to pay attention to what you have and work on that plan. All you can do, yeah,
1: absolutely, and and having that plan is important. I really think it could really affect corn acres um negatively and 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 maybe (laughs) uh negatively meaning less corn acres and possibly more bean acres i I have people in illinois and indiana already talking about that right on on good you know 230 40 bushel corn ground hey uh, you know (laughs) i'm going back to beans on this or more beans and so if they're talking about it right now in the i states this thing is it's we haven't even heard the last of it or, or, or even the start of it. So it's, it's definitely going to be something that uh, you want to plan for and be, be nimble around as far as these inputs go. Absolutely. Well,
0: thanks, Jeff, for being on the podcast, man. You bet. Talk to you soon, Casey. All right, great. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com. And you'll find all the latest editions of the Moving Iron podcast, the entire uh, catalog of the Moving Iron podcasts and blogs as well. So, with that, I am Casey Seymour, Chip Nellinger. Let's move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers.